Welcome to Vaguely Music. I am Kelsey Jacobson. I'm Ryan Strumpler. That was Jay Kelly who clapped right there. Definitely clapped. Yeah, twice actually, really yeah. fast. So if you heard that little echo. We are happy to have you back on this podcast we have, which talks about music, life, everything. And uh, we're very happy to have Jason Kelly. Hello. Yes, Hi. we're happy to have him here with us um, to talk about his new album, Burning Season. Yes. And also talk about his experience being a songwriter and a gigging working musician and the whole nine yards. Okay. So this is awesome. Where do you want to kick off? Uh, I'll, I'll follow you guys. You just lead me down the path. All right. Cool. Uh, let's let's Ryan's just dive ready. right in. Yeah. He's like, I'm, yes. I'm very excited. Okay. okay. I've done my homework. What was the first <laughs> song you wrote on guitar? Um, it was a song called Behind the Scenes. Um, I think I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Yeah, so that's the first song I wrote. And were you already singing? Privately. Privately, like, <laughs> in my bedroom, okay. with my door shut. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I did take chorus throughout like middle school, and, and I don't remember if I took it in high school or not, but I'm pretty sure I just lip-synced. I didn't really actually I participate. Didn't, I, I didn't yeah. exactly put myself out there. Okay. No public participation No, it was very much a bedroom, door shut, Crank the stereo, get out the closet dowel, and pretend it's a microphone. Kind of. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you've always felt comfortable with the visions of being a frontman and everything like that. Comfortable. Comfortable. Um, I shouldn't say that. Comfortable is a strong word. Like daydreamed of it. Uh, even that's. I don't know about daydreamed. Um, you know, I, there wasn't too many other options. I wasn't going to be a, a master musician where I could be on the side of the stage and just rip solos. That didn't interest me. Um, I, I can't stand the drums, so that wasn't going to happen. It's good that you formed a rock band then. Uh, yeah, I know. It's funny. Um, well, I mean, Ryan always says this about me too, right? My yeah. husband's. So for those of you that don't know, my husband, Tom O'Leary, is Married actually the- Jay Kelly. <laughs> he left me at the altar for Jay Kelly. Um, no. So he is the drummer. Of yes. the J. Kelly band. Yes. He, and, uh, and and the um and the heart of the band as well, I would say. Uh, he's he's yeah. the heart and soul of, he of really everything. Is. I think of every band he's in. He's, yeah, he's every kind, band. He's, he's the guy. Which is really impressive for someone who is in multiple bands. Yeah, he's passionate about what he does. Yeah. And he's passionate about the, the things that he lends his time to. Yeah. So that's and you need that guy. You yeah. need you need the you need the cheerleader in the band because you're not gonna you're not all gonna be able to do it all the time. Right. So if you get one of those guys who can be that enthusiastic and like rah rah yeah yeah it's hold on to him so how long ago has it been since tom joined the band that's a good question he knows better than i do i would say it's been like five years he might say it's seven i don't know we i lose track of time pretty easily it's been a while yeah it's It's, been a while this is the first album he's recorded um but yeah because you're always like a million albums ahead or behind yeah i don't know how what what how do you how does that work (laughs) <laughs> um, I write an album, we record it, and then I write another album in between that album coming out and recording a new album. So yeah, I, I like to be at least one album. I like to have an album. I like to be working on an album. Yeah. Like if we're done recording one, let's start writing and, and, and getting another one in the uh, in the pipeline. So so this is, I think, I'm very interested to, to talk about the album um, because I got a premiere copy. Yes, you did. Wasn't yeah. signed. Wasn't wasn't signed. I didn't think you. You know, I'm not. We know each other. Like <laughs> you've been on. You've come and you've jammed yeah, with us. So, so, I don't think you really need an autograph. I can buy you um, a um, a coke. At okay. The gig that's and, <laughs> so, do you write for the album and then you stop, or are there songs that get left on the cutting floor? Um, there are songs that absolutely get left on the cutting room floor. Um, and I think this. So what do we end up with this? There were there's ten official songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be a surprise track on the CD, but I'm not allowed to say. Um, I'll never know. But altogether, the original album I think was going to be 14. Okay. And then, I think that's just too much content. I think I've got to a point now where I realize like ten songs is the cutoff. I think yeah. that, that's a that's a good amount of songs. Anything more than that, I don't know if today's listener has it in him to. Or her to listen to that much Sit music. through, yeah. yeah right. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm still focused. I'm still holding on to the album form, right? Uh, you know, yeah. with yeah, two yeah. hands and white knuckling it. Yeah. Um. So to give them any more than ten songs at this point, I think is a bit much. So, yeah. But we had we recorded fourteen songs. One got was decided pretty early on that it, it wasn't going to work. 
Um, and it wasn't that it was a bad song. It just didn't fit with everything thematically else. like yeah. with everything else. Yeah. There's another song that I never thought was going to make it to the album, and it really came down to we listened to the um, actually two songs that were really borderline. We went and listened um, uh, to the, the person who mastered. I'm sorry, the person who mixed the album. His name's Corey. Um, and uh, Paper Robot Recordings is his uh, studio. So we went there, we listened to it, and that night we decided, like, okay, those two aren't going to make it, so let's hold on to them. Right after recording them, or right, mixing right them? after mixing. So okay. all the way through, we you know they got mixed. They got they, we even sent them to get mastered just in case. Yeah, you know, yeah. we decide to release them at some point. Um, so one got left behind, one got left behind really early, and then two went through the whole process. And um, we're going to maybe release them. You know, maybe yeah, yeah you know, independently. Nine months from now, between this and re- releasing anything else, so yeah, just keeps... yeah, we that's that's really cool yeah. though, because like you get to be like, hey, hey, thanks for everybody supporting us, like here about like half a year, year later, here's two more songs, yeah, right. on the record, yeah, and one one I knew was gonna, I kept calling it a B side, and and Tom was all over me about it, he's like, oh, it's only a B side, it's only a B side, because <laughs> he, he was really pushing for it, and it's funny listening to it now, I it, it could fit. But we'd have to take something else off. Right, right, I, right, right. Yeah, so it's that trade-off. But, yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit. Let's dive right into the songwriting process. Okay. Okay. All right, pain. A lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of suffering. Um, if if you have a traumatic childhood, that's so good. <laughs> so good. Like, I, I recommend divorce. Um if there's any, if there's any kind of abuse or alcoholism or any really kind, capitalize any kind, on of, that? any kind of just general scarring of a childhood, <laughs> you will never not have material to write. So, uh, would like, you like to dive into your childhood yeah. and, and let us know? I mean, you are like albums and albums in. So, um, what, what happened with you? Oh, that's a, <laughs> vaguely therapeutic. Yeah, this uh, is vaguely therapy. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I was happy for the most part. I mean, you know, your typical, you know, parents get divorced and, and this and that. Uh, yeah. No, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, um, songwriting to me is really, uh, it's very, very personal, but at the same time, it's a job. Like, I kind of, I tend to look at it both ways. Yeah. That way, it, it keeps me honest as far as the personal aspect of it, and yeah. it is kind of a form of therapy to a degree, but at the same time, if somebody needs a song for a commercial... I can sit down, it's a job, and I can write a song for it. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, so it's two sides of that coin. I try and keep it, um, I try and balance it that way. Um, I always wrote, um, I used to write short stories, I used to write plays, I used to, I was always writing. Uh, poetry, bad, bad poetry. Um, and I think the guitar, to me, it's it's kind of like a carpenter, and that's my hammer. Yeah. Like, that's the way I look at it. It's a tool for me to write with. And music is in my opinion my the the best way I can express myself. Um I could have easily, you know, like I said, continued with screenplays or something like that, but um I do love music and I, I think I have relatively a knack for it. So that as far as writing it just turned into songs and they just kinda there's always songs. There's always you just pull them out of thin air. They're always around. Yeah. You know? It's either I, I'm yeah. kind of a I can be a jerk about it too and I hate to sound like one but I do say either you're a either you're a writer or you're not a writer. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a song in them. I think everybody can sit down and write a song, but talk, the follow through. Of... Well, talk to me after your third album, and then yeah. let me know what else you have. Yeah. Like to do it consistently at a certain quality. I mean, and again, right. it's, and again, it's your quality. I mean, it doesn't, you know, but it, to, to continue to do it. Yeah. For either you know high acclaim or no praise or you know no money or. The but, commitment of having to, yeah, like, like to I the, must do this because I have yeah, something to say. Yeah, to sit down and, 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 and work on the craft. Yeah. yeah. And realize, I've, okay, wait, I already wrote that. How can I, how can I do this differently? And change it, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, to be something you haven't said yeah. before. Because that's something that I, I've been saying to for quite a while. Like, everybody sounds good for 15 minutes. Like, I can come in and sit in with the Jay Kelly band, and it's really cool. You guys are already well-oiled. I come up, I can, like, play two or three songs or whatever, and it's really easy. It's hard to sound good for three hours. Like, that's a, yeah. that's a completely, like... It's great practice, though, man. It's, yeah. It's not going to... What is it they say that you need to put in your 10,000 hours? Is yeah, that the same? something like yeah. that. Yeah, so we've put in, I think, about a good 70,000 hours, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's good practice. So... Um, yeah. Can we talk about... Anything you, want, well, Anything you want, Ryan. Anything you want. Go back to my wonderful childhood. Thanks for that. 
<laughs> so my mom you... might listen to this and she's gonna get very upset. Hi mom. Yeah. So do you like long walks on the beach? Do you yeah. like candlelight? Um let's talk about now. So we've we talked about a little bit about when what you use the guitar for. Mm. Let's talk about when the band enters. When do I introduce the song to the band? Yeah, and and how okay. full out, like how much of a skeleton is there and what input and talk about okay. the There's, role of yeah, the band. Yeah, do they right. do they co create? Yeah. What like what okay. is that? Um I keep them locked into a, in the basement. <laughs> And then when I'm ready, I let them out. No. Um, okay, so I think each album has been a little different. Um, so the first album, was Untied, all the songs were written uh, because I was coming out of a band. So I had already written all those songs, and I think all except two we had played. Um, okay. In, in, his, in my former band. I had, already, I, I had written them all, we had played them, and then we had broken up. And I really regretted never getting into the studio and recording those songs. Um, so I went to the studio and I recorded those songs. So you did you do that with um, not with that band? Did not you have hired band, no. musicians uh, or how did you process? I had known you know these guys I knew. Um, my stepdad's a phenomenal guitar player, um, so he was more than willing to to lay down lead parts. I played all the rhythm. Um, I think I did all the singing except for um, I had Todd Casilli, who was the lead singer of Bob's Day Off. Yep, um, he did harmony on a song for me. I knew a bass player. I mean, you know musicians from playing, yeah. and you'd be like, "Hey, I'm working on a project. Do you want to come play bass for it?" That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't an act. It wasn't a band necessarily, but it was guys I knew and respected. And I even got a couple guys from that old band because we, we remained friends to come in and contribute. Yeah, so absolutely. Was, so that was kind of cool. Um, second album. At that point, I kind of had a band formed. Um, Rob Masood was already playing bass with me. Who is um, the current bassist? Who's the current bass player? I had a drummer at the time, um, who is n- no longer playing with us, but but a great guy. Excuse me. Um, those songs are already written. Um, and as far as written, I mean, lyrics are done, melodies done, um, arrangements done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to keep enough space where if someone has a part, you know, because I, I, I don't just necessarily want someone to come in and just riff over everything. Yeah. Right. You know, but, you know, I try and give them the music as soon as I can when it's done so they can take it home and, and start brewing. And yeah. start brewing. And, you know, songs on that album like Shake You or State of Grace, I mean, there's specific guitar parts now for those because I was able to work with the lead guitar player and come up with parts rather than just, you know, um, riffing. And, and that's off Reservoir, that's right? Off, that's yeah, the that's second, second album? One. Yeah, and sometimes that might even be, I might come up with a part I'm I'm just not proficient enough to actually play yeah. it all the way through. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. this is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean this? Oh, yeah, and that sounds way better. Sounds way better when you do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, I talk with my hands kind of like Brian Cast, so yeah. I apologize. You getting tangled up there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Third album was I wanted to do something completely different. Um, I wanted to uh, I don't be a little bit more acoustic, a little bit more kind of a little bit more folk rock type of idea. Um, so I went to Brian Cass's studio. Who, for those of you who've listened to our podcast, we just had Brian Cass yes, on. He's a genius and a phenomenal guy. Yeah. Um, and right out the gate, I said, "Listen, um, no matter." And I went there with a, a bunch of songs. I went there with probably, I think, 32 songs or 36 songs. Wow. Yeah. Um, because I had two albums. I knew that it was going to be American Standard, yep. which ended up being the album. And I knew I had an album called Burning Season. So oh. Brian said, I want you to sit down. We're going to record you just you and your guitar, and I want you to play everything you have. And we're going to figure out what belongs on what. And we did that. And through that process, we he's like, listen, I think you've got a great batch of songs right here. That, that fit what you want to do as far as like in a kind of an acoustic, you know, different sounding album. Concepts. Concept. And then I think we could go back to this idea of burning season at, at another date. And I said, sure. But I really, I, I made it clear that whether, no matter who contributed what, I wanted it to be credited to Kelly Cass Masood, which was myself, Brian, and my bass player, Rob. Yeah. Who's, actually, who's a phenomenal musician and, and can play anything you throw at him. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. Piano and organ and drums, and he plays everything. And that way, it kind of gets the idea of ego out of the way right away, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a big thing yeah. that comes into songwriting, unfortunately, especially in, a, in that group situation. Yeah, and I, I don't really, I'm, I rather own, you know, 30% of something than, you know, zero percent of wait, that doesn't make any sense let's try this again i rather uh own 30 <laughs> percent of something than a hundred percent of nothing yeah a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent no but, but that that makes a lot of sense though because you, you look around and you're just like look this can get done 
Like you compromise on what you're willing to compromise and then you don't compromise on what you, you know needs to be said. And so you're saying like, look, I'll compromise on it because I know there's going to be a vision at the end of the day that I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. That there's going to be a bigger than me. Yeah. So now we've led up to Burning Season. Burning Season was completely written. Um, I, Burning Season is a little bit similar to Reservoir in the sense that all the songs I, I were done. I knew in my, I already knew the arrangements in my head. I knew how it, I wanted it to sound. Um, so I didn't really need an outside producer to kind of have a whole lot of guide input or guide process. me through the process. I, I really knew what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be a rock and roll album with very little overdubs. I wanted it to be just the four of us like we sound live. That yeah. was very important. Yeah, that's... Yeah. You know, I wanted, I didn't want, I wanted very little instrumentation other than two guitars, bass, and drums. Yeah. If we can't do it live with the four of us, I didn't want it. Well, yeah. that's actually so. I was listening to the record a lot because because he gave it to me, not signed. Um, but I'm gonna sign something. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about this too because a lot of stuff underneath, um, like John solos or mm-hmm. underneath verses or choruses, like for example, uh, um, the uh, what is what is the eighth track? It's the one that you do vocals on. One of them. A thousand and One Nights is, yep. I think, the eighth track. Yeah. Uh, that's the one after that. What's the drying one? Drying Season. Yeah. Dr- no, uh, drying Out. Drying Out. Drying Out. Yeah. Drying Season. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, I'm actually, <laughs> I worked a long day. La- an all-laundry-based <laughs> album. <Yeah. laughs> that could be the next one. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, so Drying Out, like on the chorus on that one, you've got vocals. You've, yes. You know, you have Kelsey and Kim singing, and you got John doing a lead part, and you playing, but there's no, like bunch of guitars there's no. no like a bunch of atmospheric things you know like uh well you like i listened to the podcast you guys did recently and you're oh, right we live oh, in a, no. we live in a time now where you just layer and you layer yeah. layer yes. it's all layering. that is today's like, music and yeah. that's okay again you know american standard with the album we did with brian we did a lot of layering we put mandolin on this and 12 string on this mm-hmm. and we would double you know a bass part with uh, a, a telly part just doubling the bass just yep. to fatten it up yep but again we knew that that album we were probably only going to be able to play four or five songs live. Yes. And the rest, yep. you know, we, we'd not... You might be able to do it live, but they would sound drastically exactly, different. Exactly, yeah. exactly. This one I wanted, and because of that, I wanted the complete opposite this time. Yes. I wanted to be able to play everything. It's like Sgt. Pepper's to the White Album. Kind of like, uh, like yeah, the White Album yeah, has a lot absolutely. more just... So, who sings the the high vocals on... Um, on the album is that that's you rob. Is that... that's rob, rob. Yeah. so shouts out to rob yeah <laughs> like, it's my boy like the, yeah. on the very first track he is soaring Killing on it. a lot of those Killing parts it. yeah but even that that's that's really cool because you talk about like uh, we wanted to be able to play this thing like really note for note or be able to really drive in like home the the idea of a rock band playing yeah um and you can do that by being like, this is what we sound like. We sound like Rob doing the high parts. It's not a bunch of Jay yeah. doing it all, yeah, right. you know? We have no auto-tune on it. We were able to, we, we recorded the vocals in my mom's coat closet, believe it or not. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did. Um, I'm you, pretty you sure I, well. yeah. I knocked like three coats down yeah, it's in the fine. process. Hey, you yeah, know what? Fun. They ended up working really well as far as it, buffering the sound oh, out. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So, solid. Yeah. Um, it was good. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, so no, Rob killed it. We didn't use any auto tune. We that's how we sound, for better or worse. That's really how we sound. I would say for better. Yeah. Which that yeah. I mean yeah. that that is really refreshing too in a time that is a lot of just processing generally. Yeah, yeah and I'm I'm not I'm not into that really right now. My yeah. my two albums as I always try and pick out albums as a point of reference of what I want it to sound like, and my two albums as points of reference for Burning Season were. Um, Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And, <laughs> and uh, sorry, and uh, the Rolling Stones Sticky Fingers. Yep. Because I think yep. bo- both of those albums, especially Sticky Fingers, which I just, if I'm, that's my Desert Island album. Oh, is that. it? Oh, yeah. That just sounds like guys in a basement or in a studio just wailing and like, yeah, that sounds good enough. Tra- like, that's it. That's the that's tape. That's it. This is it. Um, and I like that. There's a certain amount of rawness to that, which I really wanted. Yeah. I wanted a raw quality to it. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm, yeah. I'm a deep love. My, like, if I were to choose my, I don't know which album I choose. I'd have to think on. Well, that you're one, on a but, big Pixies kick, uh, correct? Or, or is it for, just for my life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For my life, so, yeah. It's been I listened the to that album forever. that you mentioned the other day. Yeah. Um, Teenage. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Ooh, it. Oh, I just love them. I know, I know, and, it, <laughs> and, I, and I understand. I get it. I totally get it. I don't not like it. I'm just, I do like the Pixies. So like, I can listen to Doolittle and be like, yeah. And then I listen. Yes. To, and then Frank. Black and the Catholics are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He's just got so much material that 
Which I, that's, I'm, he's just the king to yeah. me. Personally. But I mean, I love the fact that he just keeps doing what he wants to do. I love it. I love it so, so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I want to touch back on something where you said, you know, we want something. It's going to be a three-hour podcast. So we yeah. Can <laughs> yeah, we're we're not going yeah. anywhere. Um, so you said you were talking about we wanted something raw, and yes. it's interesting too because uh, I mean, interesting to me. But um, the the album, I definitely see what you're saying by raw, but it's also quite it's quite polished in terms of like the performance is really tight. Like the yeah. like it's not like you guys were just laying down noise and then like calling it a day like the the yeah, parts are like, tight and locked in like i feel the energy of like yeah. all right this is a rock band like we're we're okay we're gritty we're we're good with that but it's i like to think it's like a great snapshot of you guys I like honed in part of that and i part of that is my responsibility it's my responsibility to present them with material that i think is the best I can give them at that time, if that makes sense. It totally uh, makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. And to their credit, they're into it. There wasn't one song that made it onto the album that they were like, ah, I don't really know about that one. Oh, yeah. You know, they were completely into it. Well, But, but you need to surround yourself with guys. That's Well, yeah, I was just yeah. about to say this. So one of the cool things, um, for those of you that don't follow the J. Kelly band, go follow them. But um, one of the awesome things about seeing you guys perform live is that you are um, generally about, uh, or I say recently, mm-hmm. f- about 50-50 sometime in terms of covers and originals. All depends what we play. Yeah, right. I mean, there's, you know, but you do that very comfortably, and there's not many yeah. bands that do that, and there's also not many bands that do that with equal finesse from their originals to their covers. Yeah, you have yeah. An, your band, you and all the people, mm-hmm. John, Rob, uh, Tom, um, like you're all the same precision and creativity you apply to the originals and the covers we, equally. Yeah, we try and pick covers we like. I think that's a, you know, we try and I have a rule like we're never going to play Don't Stop Believing. We're never going to play yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. We're yeah. never going to play um, You Shook Me All Night Long. Not that there's anything wrong with those songs. No. But you can go see any band in the world go play those songs on any given night anywhere. Yeah. We're not playing those songs. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like to be a cover band. Mm-hmm. I like to throw in covers that we enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the venue that you're playing, you don't really have a choice. You have to play covers. Um, well, and I feel like know, covers can but, be a way to to get to an audience of people. Yeah, I used to think that. I don't know. How, I, I've kind of flipped on that one a little bit. Really? Um, yeah. I don't really... That, that's true to a point, but I think you run a risk of if people start recognizing you because they like your covers, yeah. regardless of your playing originals, they will, hey, play American Girl again. And we've yeah. run into that. Hey, I love the way you play American Girl. Play that. Yeah. Oh, okay, but we have four albums and you want to hear it? No, I want to play, you play the way you, you know, play American Girl again. Yeah. So, and I've seen far too many original bands throw covers in, throw covers in, throw covers in. And then and become next a thing cover you know, band. They're playing 90% covers yeah. and yeah. they're playing two originals. And I, that's a, it's a, it's hard. It's very, it's difficult, not easy. Not everybody can get away with it. We're lucky that I think the style of, of rock and roll that we play kind of fits in. Like you, we can play a song that's ours and you won't, we can lie. But, uh, that's a Tom Petty song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you know, it's not so out of left field that yeah. it doesn't fit in with what we're playing. Um, but I, yeah, I don't. I think. Plus, I think we're all at an age too, where there's a certain amount of like we don't really care anymore. Let's play the songs we wrote. Yeah. Um. And and you have to just kind of do it. That frustrates me a lot. With I think a lot of younger guys I see coming up, they they say they want to do their own stuff, and I never see them play their own stuff. I know. They say it. They say it. They talk about it. As someone who started playing originals, the I can the only advice I can give you is do it. Play the bad ones. Play the ones you're not comfortable with because you're never going to get comfortable with them. Well, until or they you play do the them. the thing where they they have all their originals and they go into the studio and they spend all their time. They record all their originals, but they never yeah. they never play them in a live situation. Yeah. And I I I think you might agree on this. A song can naturally what you have written as your like this is my original song. Even as a band, when you start playing it live, it starts oh, it, to shift, it changes completely. And it, yeah. it comes to life Absolutely. in a way that is is sometimes. You only get that when you have that live performance and sort of that that energetic, totally audience performer connection. Yeah, and there's and you never you're never gonna start to feel more comfortable with your own material until you start getting some kind of feedback on mm-hmm. it. You know, and you and songs need to, not all songs. Like you brought up Sergeant Pepper. There's a lot of those songs that have never been played live. 
I mean, God knows the Beatles didn't play them live. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you need to you need to play. You need to play them. You can't yeah. just sit in your room with GarageBand and record a yeah. bunch of demos. You you music is is meant to be a, a communal act to a certain degree. Yeah. And I and I think that's important. Yeah. And that is my lecture for the young people. <laughs> that is your TED talk. <laughs> yeah. Your... Yeah. So Thank guys, you. get off get off your butt and write a song and play it for somebody. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think too that's it's it's a different kind of concept when you talk about going out there and and going out there and playing um, and getting feedback. It's it's less of like getting feedback for your originals and being like, how was it, and more of like getting feedback. Like, okay, how did I feel? Like, you know, because I always I never liked I I never liked hearing going in when I whenever I ask people like, hey, how was it? Yeah. Like you are kind of bound by what they say in a way. So I, you know, whenever I've been playing either covers or original music, it always was like the feedback I got was like, okay, how did I feel doing right. this? How did like what was what was the response of like did I feel like everything dropped out? Did I feel like the pin burst? Did I feel like I, we were able to build something up? Did it feel good? Like yeah, that's this- the feedback. Because when you're bound by when you when you ask somebody because you never know to. When you ask somebody, like, and when you ask other people, then you can be bound by what all the stuff leading up to that, to their opinion, too. It's it's good to get feedback um, because some of it can be helpful. But, I mean, there's been plenty of shows where I'm like, oh, that was terrible. I played terrible. And some people are like, wow, that was great. Like, what do you, what <laughs> this is my you favorite know? performance. Yeah, right. And other times I'm like, oh, I killed it that night. And they're like, eh, you're okay. Like, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. You're never going to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all in your own head. And it's, you know, it's how you feel and it's how you're you know how you're communicating with the other guys you're playing with and it's 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 magic it's it, not to be corny about it but it, there's a certain amount of magic with it and you never know which way it's going to go um no. yeah you also don't know when when you talk with people and people's response in general you don't know who had a really crappy day at work yeah. or was like so like when they go out they might they might be sour or they might be really happy to see music so there's like yeah life is not story yeah it's like not it's not a three-hour snapshot it's like what was everything leading up to the event you could have played a great show and played you know 28 songs perfectly but you didn't play that one song that they were waiting for yeah yeah Yeah. it's like uh well you know you can't you gotta you want to put on a good show but you got to play for yourself to a certain degree too Mm because you're not gonna you know make everybody happy back to the whole original thing i think a lot of times what people are most nervous about as far as playing originals is more so lyrics than yeah. the actual music. I think yeah. that's the hard, I think yeah. that can be hard. Oh yeah, I would say yeah. most of the time, most no. of the time. Yeah. Who wants to hear what I wrote yeah. down in this notebook and that's very... Well, know, think about it. Like, that's what you're bearing yourself. On your sound mix. doesn't have quite as finite an interpretation in yeah. our culture. You know what I mean? Like what something sounds like will be like, oh, well this makes me feel this way. I don't, yeah. Oh, it makes you feel like that? Oh, that's cool. But lyrics, it's like, no. <laughs> these are what these lyrics make me think of, yeah, and therefore yeah. I either strongly agree and like them, or strongly disagree and hate yeah. them. There's it doesn't seem to be, which is very much not true for lyrics. I mean, there's a lot of people I know who surprisingly don't pay that much attention to lyrics, which always blows me away because they're know. so important to me. I mean, I know, but I mean, I used to go and get a CD and I'd sit on my bed and you know open up the CD case and literally pour over the lyrics yeah. while it's. I mean, that's just that's where I, I well, words are important to me. But and ironically, so I. I was an English major, right? And when when Tom and I listen to music, I do have to say that even though I'm a singer, I don't listen to lyrics first. Mm. Tom does. Yeah, Tom's big and on lyrics, huge on lyrics, huge on lyrics, and yeah. and you know, he's a drummer, which is is just a weird irony there that that we always laugh about when we when we pick up an album for the first time and we're both listening to it for the first time. Right. Our takeaways are it's like we've listened to a completely different album. Yeah, <laughs> it's um it's an interesting thing to yeah. write, you know. But, to, to put yourself out there but some of us do it for better or worse yeah so <clears throat> speaking of putting yourself out there and live what a great transition that was you're, uh, wel- you're welcome <laughs> so let's talk about when you're recording the album mm-hmm. and then you're playing the songs live yes because it i was you know i had the benefit of sitting in with jay we all oh, had the know? benefit of oh. you sitting in with us <laughs> i don't know yeah we'll fi- jury's still out so he's we- blushing folks <laughs> So I was playing a couple of songs and it was just like, you know, Rob would like look at me. He'd be like, it's, yeah, all right, you'll figure it out. And I was just like, like yeah. thanks. And, and I played a couple of tracks on the, um, and then I went and I went back and listened to the record um, when you had given it to me. And I was like, where have I heard this song? 
Wherever. Oh, we did this yeah. at Paul. Oh, I played this one. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> that's like, hey, sounds really good when John does it. Uh, <laughs> so talk a little bit about the experience of having something in the studio, which is a snapshot, and knowing the arrangement. But also, like for those of you who haven't seen Jay live, he will be very lenient with the arrangements and let things flow. Not always on not on every song, but you will let things yeah, stretch. Yeah, we're, we're not the dead. We can't do it on every so song. So much to John's dismay. Yeah. Well, no, well, the thing is, if you do that, on, to me, personally, if you do that on every song, it's not as special. Yes. You or, know, so you, there's certain songs that lend themselves to being stretched. Yes. Or, you know, that you can put space into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a feel. I mean, we've played together for long enough now, and we have a very, very, very... This is probably... I was gonna. How we long have, has this group played yeah, together? Again, I'm really bad with timelines. Um, has it been two years? I mean, three? Years? Maybe. Yeah. I think I don't. Know, I can't remember when John actually joined. Um, but it's it's been I'd say two to three. Yeah. Um, but as far as chemistry, this is this is the best chemistry I've ever had with three other guys. Yeah. As far as playing, like I I think our chemistry speaks for itself, and and we're lucky that. We kind of can read each other, and Tom can read where I'm going to go, yeah. and that's really important for a drummer too to be to to pay attention to the front man and and realize like oh this, we're not going yeah. back to the chorus right now he's going to talk for a little while yeah. or, <laughs> or or this solo is going to get extended or he yep. you know and I'm pretty good at you know we like dynamics so it's like okay we got to let's bring this down yeah let's bring this way down and okay okay now it's time to explode and let's bring this up and I think you know I love that I love being able to play around with dynamics yeah. Um, well, and you communicate very well, like queuing yes. um, stops. Yeah. You do all, you and Tom are glued on each other. Yeah, and that's doing important. Things like like hits out of nowhere, and it, a lot of bands. I shouldn't say a lot. That's that's too general a statement. When you go see a band, generally the communication feels like it takes a couple measures. With yeah. you and Tom, it feels pretty fast. Very, yeah, very, very fast. Sometimes. Yeah, where it doesn't feel Practice. like things are being wound yeah. up. Yeah, well, you got to play. You got to play together, and you got to, and you got to talk to each other. You have to have an open dialogue about, like, hey, you, I'm probably going to do this because yeah. you, you know you've seen me do it twice, and Tom's quick and he knows it. he's he's done this twice before. It's a good chance he's going to do, do it do again. again. <laughs> so I got to be ready to stop on a dime. Um, but you also, it's you know, I, I know you're not a. Springsteen's a great example. I mean, all, or all those soul guys. You know, with even like you know, I mean, I'm nowhere near in the same category as James Brown, but like the band was watching him. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Watch and then he would be like, "Take it to the bridge," and they would be yeah. with, you know, on a beat or two's notice. They, right, and they if you missed it, and beat. if you missed yep. it, he's gonna find you. Oh yeah, you know, um, I'm not finding anybody. We don't make that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we have good chemistry. We watch each other. It's very, it's it's, we we're very intertwined with what we're doing. You know, I. If John is really feeling it, we know that. Keep letting him have it. Give yeah. him his moment. Don't cut him off. Let him right. let him. You know that's his voice. His guitar is his voice. Let yeah. him have his voice. Yeah. Um, Tommy does not like drum solos, so we don't give him many. Yeah. He does not like to take them. Nope. Fine with that. Um, I know Rob. There's a couple of things that he does in certain songs, and you should do those. Those are your little signature moments, and yeah. they're great. And you know, everybody gets their space to 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 breathe. Well, so. On that, because you guys are you guys are a very close knit group. Yes. What was was there a point when you were working on Burning Season? Mm-hmm. Was there a point where you guys like were all disagreed, or there was like strong opposing feelings, or no. were you all like, yeah, um, yeah, this is yeah, pretty, yeah. this is pretty much a benevolent dictatorship. So it's <laughs> it. I mean, it's my name. It's me. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I, it's my songs. I wrote them, but I wouldn't be playing with people whose opinion I didn't really respect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, so it's important, you know, when I bring a song, like we're working on new material now. Yep. So, um, and I think, I, I'm pretty sure, but this next album might be closer in line to written by, as far as credit-wise, the whole band. Because John's, nice. a, John's a writer and he's got some things that, you know, we've been working on together and Tom can write and... Like I said, get the ego out of the out of the way now, yeah. and let's do what's best for the song. That's yeah. really important to me. What's best for the song, not for what's best for you. Yeah, um, it wasn't your idea, but that doesn't mean it's not the best idea. Like, yeah. Let's, you know. um, so I don't think we ever really we never disagreed about anything. I think even when it came down to like, okay, what song is what songs get cut? Yeah, uh, my opinion was let's vote on it. And even if you know, there was one song that I really liked and I thought it could have made it to the album. Yeah, but. I was outvoted, 
And I was okay with that because I thought what we had was strong enough. Yeah. You know, which I didn't is awesome. think, which is important too. You have to make sure, man, you have to make sure the material's strong enough because if something does need to get cut, can the rest of the album stand? Stand. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, just because a song might be really good, does it work with the theme of the rest of the album? Like yeah. this is very, I mean, I don't want to say it's a concept album, but it's, it's, it's got a theme to it. No, and I feel you know, and <laughs> even it, albums that aren't concept al- albums, ones that have sort of a cohesive, uh, development, right? You can yeah. you can pick up on that. Yeah, there's a sub. There's, there's definitely a subject matter and, and, a, and a certain vibe going through the album, and it's like you might have a great song, but if it doesn't work in that context, and if yeah. it really sticks out, you, you got to hold. You got to do what's best for the album, do what's best for the song, and hold it off. Yeah, that's just my opinion. But we we were good. We didn't butt heads too much at all, ever. That's amazing. Four people. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want knock on wood. Yeah, that was. We did really well. This has been a very, very fun experience. And I have to say, most of the times I've been in the studio, if not all, I've never put myself in a situation where I, I had to bang my head up against a wall and fight with anybody about anything. I've, it's That's been awesome. pretty... It's awesome, but you have to make sure you're picking the right people to work with. It's well, that's a, that's what and, it comes down in, in almost any... I mean, yeah. I think in terms of any working situation, right? Like, yeah. I even in terms of here at Double Bar, if the people I bring on align with what we do here and our goals as a business right. then it makes it easier for all of us wherever we sit in the tier of yeah. of employee it makes it easier to all work together yeah. and have expectations and then get the job done yeah and i also have to take it upon myself i got to do the work i've got to put the work together and to make sure these songs are, are good enough so yeah. they're not going to look at me and be like really this you're gonna um, make me solo on this yeah and it's like <laughs> or or if they have a question for me like what you know does it have a bridge? I, yeah, it does, and this is it. Like, I yeah. need to, I need to make sure that I'm ready to answer their questions and to and to be open enough that they have suggestions to take those. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it really is important to to not just go into the studio and be like, okay, guys, let's, you know, this. It, I I don't, I don't know. I don't what do like, you think? I'm not a fan of writing in the studio. I don't. No, it's like a waste that. of it's a waste of time and money. Some people do are really well at it. And you, I think, what like you too. That's kind of their style. They all get together and they just start writing. I, that's never. I'm too anal retentive. I mean, I'm too. I'm not necessarily a control they, freak, but they I also want. Don't have to worry about their time or money. Fair point. <laughs> Very fair. I have to worry about those things. <laughs> exponentially. Yeah, exponentially. Yeah. I yeah. think the flip side for for so I definitely. Get that, but the flip side for a band like you two is the studio is probably the only time with the can where like yeah. they're they're doing interviews, they're on planes, they're right. moving. Yeah. It's probably really the only time where they're like not on stage other than maybe like rehearsing for about thirty minutes before they go on. Yeah. Where they all get to have their instruments in a room together. That's fair too. Yeah. Um, and they lean a lot on producers as well. To, yeah. You know, as far as like guiding them and, but you know, I gotta I have to make sure that if if it's time to do an album, this I've done my work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, do you have a favorite track off Burning Season? I think it's the yeah. I think the first track. I don't want to, but I like you. Okay. Really what is like that, that guitar? What is going on in that intro? Uh, that's Mr. John Fernandes um, express, <laughs> expressing his love for David Gilmore, <laughs> uh, which we were all about. We loved yeah. it. I mean, that was we. I had I had mentioned to him in the studio. I'm like, what do you think about putting some? You know, John's got his um. He's got two delay pedals, and he's got his freeze pedal, and, his, and I was like, "What do you think about putting a little something textured in the front?" And he was all about it. <laughs> and I think it's a minute long on the album, and it could it could have been whittled down from three minutes. I think we, <laughs> yeah, we could have really gone crazy on that. Yeah, Tom started playing it the other day, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, that's just, and then the guitar came in, and you started singing. And I was like, "Oh, oh. All that's man, that's t- a couple of tube screamers and some delay pedals, and and John's magic fingers." Yeah. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's vinyl. Cool. It sounds- the vinyl, like that transition. I, I, yeah. to be honest. So, I mean, how how did you listen to Burning I have it Season, on, Ryan? I have it on CD. Uh, as much as Tom is trying to shove down me buying an a vinyl a record of it. <laughs> well, I got no to listen back. to he it. Did that to me? Yeah, I'm thousands of dollars deep, deep, deep. My wife is is. Not happy. No, Tom came home for record store day and he was like, I got you a Frank Black album. And I'm like, that doesn't make yeah. it okay. No, it's a gateway drug, man. <laughs> Next thing no. you know, it's going to be eight tracks. We're going to bring back tapes. But that's ridiculous. Uh, we have a working eight track player. Yeah. Don't. Did you tell you? you no, know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But no, I have to say, I listened to it on vinyl through our awesome 80s uh, stereo speakers, you know, how we roll there. And that, the, yeah, the intro into the first track. Yeah, the fact sounds that the vinyl, phenomenal. Vinyl does sound, vinyl sounds, sounds great. phenomenal. It sounds so good. 
on anything. You could have a spoken word album and vote, you know. Wow, William, William Shatner's voice sounds great on this. <laughs> it just sounds good. Um, but what were we going to talk about? Oh, the yeah. thing about the intro is I just think it also it sets the tone for the rest of the album, yeah. which I really like. Yeah, um, there's a couple of that. Like, there's one, I think track eight bleeds into track nine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as well. So I actually liked that there were moments where, so what is that? Um, that's dry. Drying out uh, yeah, into yeah. the moon on its knees. Yeah, yeah. bleeds into it very well. Well, we like, we're, again, we're old fashioned. We like the idea of an album. Yeah. So you, was, get to, you get to play around we get to play with track around. combinations when you do that. Yeah, yes. we get to do that. And that's important too. Like, okay, what, you know, what's the order of the songs? Like, yep. I don't know if people even think about that now. So it's just tracks. You know, you're releasing yeah. tracks. Well, and if you think about it, everybody's hoping to pop up in a uh, similar artist yeah. for streaming music. Like maybe I'll, you know, someone might, someone might find me. Someone, and and there's validity to that. Totally, that's that's totally. the world of modern music. But it does take away from this big picture statement yeah. that you got to make with with concept albums yeah. and themed albums. Yeah, that's the. I mean, again, that's our. That's what we like. So it's not for everybody, but that's I like an album. I'm, I like, you know, eight to ten tracks, mm-hmm. eight to ten cuts on an album as a one piece of music. I think that's pretty cool. And I think we did a good job. I, I, and it took me a while, I think, after we recorded it to really listen to it and admit to myself, oh, this was a concept album. This is the closest I've come to a concept yeah. album. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, how do I explain this to people? Because um, it's pretty raw, too. I mean, as far, the music, I think the subject matter and the lyrics do a good job of matching the music. I mean, there's some... Um, it's a very it's an adult themed album. Yeah, yes. So, so yeah. what would you say for for our audience that has not yet listened to this album? Yes. What is what do you feel is the underlying concept and theme for your album? Um like I said it's very much adult themed. I think we I we deal with things like um relationships and marriages maybe not working. Um we definitely deal with the subject of depression. Um this wouldn't be a Jake Kelly album without one song referencing dying. Um, <laughs> okay, for those of you listening, it doesn't sound sad. No. Just, just in case you go take a listen, because the music itself, there's, there's a fair amount of energy and momentum. Yeah. So, so it's good. not, you know, Beck necessarily. What, no, or. one of my, one of my, I think one of my little feathers in my cap is writing um, catchy songs with you know the hooks included and everything but yeah. then when you actually have to dive into lyrics like oh geez that's not happy <laughs> i'm uh, sad yeah I'm but it's, but again it's not yes. I'm not leaping off a building or anything um we put the we um redid our website and we had to put the lyrics up because we all yep. agreed that you know especially tommy was like oh you need to put the lyrics up yeah. because so many people don't realize something yeah i like that saying. i just went and searched through them earlier um but overall theme yeah um divorce depression um Adult stuff, yeah, know, stuff that grown-ups have to deal with, deal with you know, yeah, or not deal with, depending on how you want to go through life. So before, well, I would be remiss if well, there's vocab. We're not done, are we? Come no. on, man! No, if I didn't, if I didn't, <laughs> I don't ask get you, out enough. This is yeah, keep going. Uh, if I didn't have you talk a little bit about my favorite track, which is track number three, uh, oh, Lilies of the Valley. Uh, that's a good one too. That would be my second. That's mm. that's, that's, that's a close. It is like to me. Close. Like such a departure from what I every time I've seen you guys, yeah. and when when I that was another like the one I, I remember playing and just hearing it, and I was like, wow, this is a really good one. Like, who wrote this one? And then I listened, I was like, I oh, get Jay that. did. I get that all the time. It's a really who, hey. wrote, who wrote that song? Uh, me. This one. Yeah, right here. the guy here. Me. The guy here. So, but, can you talk yes. a little? Do you remember writing that one? Uh, yes, I do. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'll I'll, I'll go into it, but I'm gonna. Um, preface it with this I usually I get very nervous saying what songs are about because I don't want to take you know when you somebody else's experience yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. people put themselves into songs and I don't want to uh, ruin that but then moment. again but at the same time I have an extremely big mouth and ego and I have to tell you what it's about so it's a, <laughs> so, it's a, it's a balancing yeah. act um, but well, yeah I do remember writing it because um, it, it came very fast it was probably five minutes tops mm-hmm. um, wow yeah and I know that the verse is about one thing and the chorus is about another, but yet at the same time they're both about the same thing. If that's I'm trying to I'm being very vague, I understand that. Very vague. Yeah. Um <laughs> So the the verse is about one person or an amalgamation of, of two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the chorus is about someone else. But the situations are very similar. Yep. Um, I also I, and I say this live so I can say it to you guys. Um, Lilies of the Valley, if I'm going to be honest, 
should be called Horseneck Beach. But Horseneck Beach does not have a nice ring to it. It does not. Whereas if I say, I'm going to lay you down in the lilies of the valley, that sounds nice. It's poetic. It sounds, that's, <laughs> I'm going to lay you it, down on Horseneck Beach. I'm going to lay you down at Horseneck Beach. Sounds like it's you're a about little to yeah, it's a little rough. Rough. It's a little rough. Yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> or kind of a brawl, but it's, it's not... It doesn't really. It's again. It's not nearly as poetic. It doesn't. Uh, have a, but you know. that one. So that's one. That line though. Uh, yeah. You know. And I didn't realize lilies of the valley were an actual flower. By the way, I knew lilies were a flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew what a valley is. Yep. So that and that phrase just came. I remember sitting with my acoustic guitar and that phrase just came out. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds really nice. I can do that's. I don't know what that is, but it conjures something. Yep. A feeling, an idea, what. And then someone had to tell me that it's actually a flower, mm-hmm. and it's actually—I think it's poisonous to cats, maybe. I don't know, but well, I think lilies generally. Yeah, lilies, yeah. Well, anyway, I just like, oh, so. that's kind of neat too. <laughs> so, side note, that's interesting. But so that's one—you don't you. give yourself enough credit for for the guitar playing. That's one that like that really fits the mood, like the that line, you know, the lilies of the valley. What is it? I'll lay you down. Like yeah, this is yeah, what, that um, fits I, like. The chords behind, the texture of it, the way it breathes, the way that song unfolds. Like, I could go into a deep harmonic analysis of it, but I wouldn't want to make everybody fall asleep while they're driving. Thank song, you. So, like, that song can be a little dangerous, though, because that's a good example of a song that you, you write and then you wonder, is it enough? Is it too simple? Do I right, to throw it's another easy chord to it? over... Does it, need a, does it need a bridge? Does it, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. Like, Ransom, um, that's a fourth track. Mm-hmm. We, Tommy and I especially, went over that song and over that song. You guys made a video for that, that song, song. Yeah. We did, yep. yep, we made a bit, music video for that song. And for the longest time, I didn't think it was done because I thought it needed a bridge. It needed something else. Um, and then we came actually to Double Bar Double Bar one day. John had joined the band and we, yes. when we practiced it live. And I, I guess it's a bridge now, but we ended up writing it on the spot. Just a little like breakdown section in mm-hmm. it. Um, but uh, that and Lily's are good examples of sometimes if you overthink it too much, you're going to ruin the song. Yeah, yeah. Lily's, it's, it's, yeah. It, it might be simple, it might be four chords, but it's perfect as four chords. No, it's the arrangement of where the chords come in. The fact that I always felt with that song, it felt very melancholy and rolling. Yeah. Like, like it resolves itself, but it kind of keeps itself in this kind of hazy blur. I feel, so personally, Yeah. I feel that Lily's is not the same as but similar in its concept to curtain call those two yeah. resonate to me mm-hmm. which curtain call is not on the album right curtain calls so, on the previous uh, american standard That's and right. that has been actually that has inspired people to do covers of it and better but, covers than i do they do they, yeah it's been one of those that yeah. that the poignancy of it between um i think just the the music itself and then the sparseness of the lyric i think and and yeah. then the lyric itself being allowed yeah. to stand and breathe it's a nice is pretty it's a nice melody which yeah. is always very i mean it's very important it took me a long time to realize that you know how important melody is and it coming from it coming writing from a standpoint of being so um lyric oriented it took me some time and some albums frankly to to realize that um, you had to maybe go back and cut out some words or syllables or verses or find a different way to say what you want to say yeah. to save the melody because you can drown out a melody sometimes with yes. too many lyrics. Yes. Um, so, you know, everybody wants to be Dylan, but there's only one Dylan. Yeah. And Well, it, it, there's just a time and place. And yeah. I feel like those two, the the fact that the lyrics breathe so well and then the music. It's a mood. It really creates an amazing mood that apparently resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, every... I I can say this for better or worse. Everything on this album is is 100% honest. It's everything that I write about has happened, uh, either to me or to someone, or everything was complete. And that was important to me, too. There was no storytelling for the sake of writing a story. Yeah. This was real. So Lily's Valley happened. Um in as much as I just on Horseneck Beach, on Horseneck Beach, and and, and, and you know, and there's and you know, it might not necessarily be about one person, it might be about a couple, or you know, however you want to um, filter that through yourself. But I think all that stuff comes through. I think you, if you're honest, I think being honest is it's very hard and painful sometimes. Um, but I think it comes through. But that's what will- people connect and to. If you're willing to do that, mm-hmm. um, I think you'll be happily surprised with how many people you know relate to you yeah and i think that's important yeah so yeah i like lilies too so yeah i was i was 
I was hoping to by the time I can talk. I'm sorry. I keep going. I'm... Uh, I was hoping by the time you come came in here that I'd I was really hoping to have surprise and have like one of the songs um, to transcribed uh, oh, like drying out. Like I was working oh. on that in the car. So I have a I have a couple uh, that I've learned while I've been driving and have everything. One day I will come in with the whole solo to drying out written out for John and just be like. If you go. If you spend that much time, then that just means you have to come and sit in with us. You know that. If you spend that much time learning, the songs, <laughs> I'm actually gonna. I'm just gonna like parade myself and be like, "Here's the sheet music." Yeah, and you'll know it better than us because by that time, <laughs> we're like, oh, oh, there was a C sharp minor in there. I forgot about that. <laughs> Move that. Cool. All right, we have reached our bewitching time. So as we love to end almost every episode that we do here with a Strumpler surprise, <sighs> tag you're it, man. Least favorite sounding instrument. A harmonica. Isn't there harmonica on the record? Let me rephrase that. <laughs> blues solo harmonica. Like uh, a, like a okay, blues yeah. soloing, like a blue, like no offense to John Popper or those wonderful... Human beings. Yeah, human beings. I, just, I can't, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's funny. Let me introduce you to the trombone. It's actually... I don't mind trombone, frankly. Actually, you know, I can tell you my favorite sounding. My two favorite, a B3 Hammond organ. Okay. And um, lap steel. Lap steel does sound really good. Yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have you tried I, to convince um, John to convince to John? Play? No, no. It, we, that would be a cast thing. If we want that played, we will call yeah. Brian Cast to come. He in. likes that. Uh, oboe. Love the way French horn. French Ooh, horn. French horn's a good one. Yeah. Totally in the French horn club. Yeah. But um, do not want do not sit in and play blues harmonica with us all. You got I, it. Blues I, harmonica I, I it is. Jay Kelly will boot you off. I'll the transcribe stage. the whole thing for harmonica. <laughs> I, can't <laughs> see. I can't do it. After a while, I just can't do it, man. Please stop playing. All right. We thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jay Kelly. No, thank you for having me. Um, for anyone who's interested in checking out Jay Kelly Live, the Jay Kelly Band, yeah. um, we've how do people find you online? Um, www.jkellymusic.com. And that's just the letter J, yep. K-E-L-L-E-Y, music.com. And you're on Facebook? And we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, and I think we're on Twitter. And we might be on YouTube, and if not, I'll make sure we get on YouTube. <laughs> um, I'm not allowed to have a Snapchat, so I'm not on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, your your uh, CD release is April... Yep, it is uh, April Saturday, April 27th at Paul's in Fairhaven. We're releasing... Um, our, we're having a CD release party, and that means it's also going to be available on all digital formats. So iTunes and Spotify and Amazon, Amazon and, and CD Baby and all that stuff. Um, and then we're having our vinyl release party uh, June 14th at the Poor Farm Tavern in New Bedford. And that's in conjunction with Purchase Street Records. Ah. Um, Roger over there is a saint, and he was lovely enough to help finance our vinyl. And um, Good man. Yeah, he's a great guy. We've never been out on vinyl before, so we're super excited about it. And, and the cover's awesome. And the cover's pretty cool. I had my buddy Greg Mello, who is an illustrator and children's uh, novelist, um, designed the album he did a great job awesome we're just really happy and proud of this album and we hope people listen to it so thank yes. you guys so much so april 27th or june 14th 14th flag day <laughs> flag day put it in your books uh, ladies busy. and gentlemen it's flag day yeah, so. <laughs> hopefully we'll see you there and we will talk to you next time here on vaguely music <laughs>